it. Cool. Thank you, Ralph. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. Thank you for coming on our show tonight. We're Zooming uh, you from, you're in North Carolina, Asheville? Well, I'm actually in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, but um, right. yeah, about two hours from Asheville. Where, whereabouts are you? We're in Fulton, uh, just between, in Michigan, between Battle Creek and Kalamazoo. Okay, gotcha. All right, nice, nice. I was up in Grand Rapids, uh, oh, about a month and a half ago, actually. Really, promoting the film? Yeah, we were screening at Calvin University. Okay, uh, yes, yeah. Which is a school there at Calvin. So we've been doing a, a number of university screenings. So we had a screening at Calvin. Excellent. Well, let me give, yeah. give our, uh, our uh, viewers tonight a little bit of skinny about your work through the years, and we'll get right to it. Uh, Christopher Zalewski, or Chris Zalewski, if I'm not butchering your name. Uh, oh, you're good. Okay. Assistant teaching professor and award-winning documentary filmmaker and multimedia producer. Uh, who has worked professionally as a multimedia journalist for the Roanoke Times and video director at Teach for America. Before entering the world of higher education, his work has earned him distinctions from such organizations as the Academy of Television, Arts and Sciences, Webby Awards, Broadcast Ed Education Association, and the Online News Association, and his films have screened at festivals worldwide. I see on this website, um, uh, Wake Forest University website uh, that you've done one on station wagons that looks really interesting. Yeah. Directed and directed the uh, photography there. Shipping home, which is about um, um, shipping container, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, a young couple making a, a home out of a shipping container. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that looks fascinating. And then I think the other one was more of a, a fundraiser for uh, Simone. Simone. Yeah, that was a United Way, uh, a yeah. United Way, North Carolina piece. Yeah, oh, fabulous. Yeah. So uh, I just have to tell you, before I delve into the question that I think a lot of us have, when, when especially when we talk about the arts, uh, uh, we do a lot of music on our show. Last week, we had a, a couple of pianists, one from Missouri, one from North Carolina, okay. from Perry, North Carolina. Yeah. And one was a teacher with perfect pitch, 83-year-old, who still tickles the ivories. The other was a student he had. And mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it was very interesting. So. So I want to ask that question. How did you get involved in those kinds of, of, of thoughts and train of, of thinking? But I watched the film and I purposely watched it just before coming on tonight. So it was okay. fresh. Wow, Chris. That, um, <laughs> no, I'm seriously so well done. Um, and I've watched mm -hmm. a few documentaries. We've interviewed James Tang, who did mm -hmm. Ghost Mountain. Yeah. Fabulous, uh, and very personal for him because his dad. It was mm -hmm. the one to go through the whole thing with the second killing fields. We just interviewed Tracy Robinson, who's mm -hmm. uh, recently done a pro-life film, the, the, the Meaning of Life, A Matter of Life. And that's getting uh, that's actually coming coming out this week, actually, uh, 630 uh, theaters throughout the country. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a nonfiction guy. I write nonfiction. I write fiction, but mostly nonfiction. I think, well, what is the saying? Uh, truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So your film just moved me. It really did. Um, I, I suspected it would, but not in a way. It just it stayed with me. It's mm. staying with me even now. Uh, and and I, I, I could say this almost like a box within a box within a box, because we're seeing how you saw the story through Christopher Holt's um, eyes, yeah. and then through Pastor Brian Combs' eyes, yeah. and then through the people who are the characters, it, even in that hour, that 
singular hour of, of filming that you did of that story, uh, three-year journey, right? Yeah. Uh, of putting that fresco together, um, you, I felt invested in the characters. I'm like, wow, I'd love to have them all on our show. <laughs> and, yeah. And the three of yeah. you. Uh, yeah. so I don't know if you've done that with Pastor Brian and, and, and Christopher Holt, um, but what an interesting uh, interview that would be. But Tell us, yeah. tell us how you came in, and we'll get right into uh, the sure. kingdom. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for your kind uh, words. I'm happy that it, it resonated with you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I could. You want you? Are you curious how I got into the world of documentary yeah. filmmaking, or yeah. how I discovered this from story? Growing yeah. up, and you had uh, sure. the whole heavy-handed uh, camcorders, <laughs> or the whole VCR on your shoulder yeah. type of thing. <laughs> right. um, no, actually, I was always interested in um, writing. I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. Uh, and so we had a family video camera and I'd mess around with that, but it never crossed my mind that that would be a profession. It was always, you know, I was pretty focused on wanting to be a, a newspaper reporter. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did that for a few years, uh, 2007 to 2010, more or less, mm -hmm. uh, where things were not great in the newspaper industry. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it was because I was younger um, and kind of at entry level reporting jobs, they said, oh, you could, you can shoot video, you can take photos, you can do this on the web, like they kind of did all the stuff that they didn't really know what to do with. And so I got more into video storytelling that way. And um, I don't know, it just kind of evolved. I felt like, um, you know, I, I didn't even really understand what documentaries were. I mean, really, at that point, uh, but because I was um, having to write an article shoot a minute long video and take photos. Yeah. Um, I just, I started becoming more and more um, pulled to the video side of things. Um, and then I just met some people who did this thing called documentaries and I, I got sucked into it. And so oh, cool. I've been doing that specifically for about 12 years, documentaries. Okay. Yeah. So can you point to documentarians uh, either with video or even in books that uh, were maybe uh, inspirations to you i'm thinking ken burns uh, yeah oh, ken burns definitely i mean he, he's certainly one of the more well-known ones um i mean one of the one of the documentaries i saw that kind of um i guess sparked an interest for me was uh, a documentary called harlan county usa mm -hmm. by barbara koppel uh this was made in the oh don't mess this up either 60s or 70s i mean okay. it's it, it was it's not a, a modern doc but it, i mean I want to say early 70s, maybe about a, a coal mining strike in Harlan County, Kentucky. Mm. Um, and so that was one that, that kind of stuck with me that got me really into it. Um, mm. I'm a big fan of the documentary called Hoop Dreams uh, okay. by yeah. Steve James and Peter right. Gilbert. And, um, and now I'm fortunate enough. I mean, that was another one where I saw early on that kind of got me, you know, really curious about this world. And then, um, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I actually work with Peter now. So that's oh, one of the wow. directors of that film. Um, wow. So yeah, th those were two, I would say, pretty pivotal films that I saw that kind of changed my, you know, my attitude toward things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I knew um, Ken Burns and I, you know, I remember watching Civil War and stuff yeah. like that, you know, growing up and, and, uh -huh. uh, and so I knew that, but I, I guess the, the style of documentary that I've been pulled more to um, is considered observational or, or verite, which okay. is not, as, not quite what Ken Burns does, um, mm -hmm. not taking anything away from him at all. But, right. but um, so those other docs that I mentioned are more akin to the style that I usually gravitate toward. Um, but yeah, I, I, I watch a lot of, of films and so those are two that stick out. 
So that's interesting to talk about that because I'm, I'm an ox person too, and, and the writing and the reading and, uh, and my, my own careers, uh, being bivocational pastoring here. But uh, sure. when, you, when you said the observational kind of, uh, so there, there are different, I guess, slants or emphases uh, with documentarians in the way that mm -hmm. they approach the material. The mm -hmm. subject matter may be some more personal than uh, some less personal. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you find you find yourself in that that sort of category if, if we have to use a label yeah. of, of oh, yeah. observance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you could look. I mean, it's something that Ken Burns does would be more historical. Okay. Um, right. mm -hmm. You know, something that like Michael Moore or like Morgan Spurlock with uh, Supersize Me, if you've seen the yes. one where he that's more participatory, where the director mm -hmm. is kind of the main character. I'm more drawn to observational, where I'm kind of a you know never truly like this, but hopefully the feeling is that I'm a fly on the wall and you're yeah, just kind I, of observing and seeing. Yeah, I, I yeah. can see what you're saying. So you weren't necessarily driving the subject matter in terms of a message documentary. Right. Right. Uh, you're letting the people speak for themselves, and that certainly came out in theirs as a kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. That, yeah. that was the goal for sure. Yeah. So yeah. after having done uh, a number, not just the three that I, I saw come up on the Wake Forest uh, sure. website, and I, I really am a car guy. My dad was a mechanic. I can't okay. wait. I want to watch the the Wagon Masters, but yeah, I yeah, got some awards for that best of festival and best documentary second place. Yeah. Uh, what drew you? Give us the genesis. We could just kind of start getting right into the there's a kingdom yeah. uh, you're finding you obviously knew about it being not far from Asheville mm -hmm. um, and boy what a story of contrast I, I mean I've heard a lot about Asheville as many of us have a great mm -hmm. place to visit one of the top yeah. five in the country as far as food and scenery mm -hmm. and, and, and yeah. the homelessness uh, you know really um, so your knowledge of, of of what had happened or what was going to happen because mm -hmm. you followed it the, the journey um, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you had mentioned a film that I, I worked on called Shipping Home, which was about a young couple who built a home out of a shipping container. Mm -hmm. um, well, as is the case a lot of times with the documentaries I make, I, I kind of forge personal relationships with a lot of people and friendships. Yes. And so I had stayed in touch with with um, the, the, the female main subject in that film. Her name's Brooke. And okay. she told me about this fresco. She was actually working at um, Haywood Street Congregation at the time uh, uh -huh. as as their director of communication, but her title was lead storyteller. So that al that already gives you a sense of kind of the importance that this church places on story. Um, so she she told me about this fresco that was being painted, and I I was living in um, I was living in Asheville at the time, uh -huh. um, and she kind of um, she kind of framed it as a funding controversy that was happening. And you see that for a minute in the film. It's just a yes, blip. I remember that. Yeah. But I, but I thought, well, question of yeah. all this money, you could feed more people as you're already doing yeah. instead of, yeah, and I right. think that was handled pretty well. But. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, and I think that that's a question that, um, yeah. I mean, that's a valid question. We could talk sure. about that here in a little bit too. But I, I think that that is kind of the push and pull, yeah. you know, of the film. But, Anyway, so she told me about this, um, and so I went, uh, the pastor of the church, uh, Brian Combs, mm -hmm. uh, he had a talk back to kind of address the funding controversy, mm -hmm. and I heard him speak for, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, and I immediately was drawn in to what he was saying, yeah. and I knew that there was more there mm -hmm. than just this funding controversy, and so all of that went down in, in fall of 2017, 
And so I really did get in, you know, on the ground level, there had not been any painting that had happened yet. And so I was really able to follow it. Um, I'd like to say it's first sketch to final unveiling, which is really, I mean, I was there from the first sketch session all the way to literally the last brush stroke on the fresco. And so I feel really fortunate to, yeah, to, to have found out about it that early because most of the time you find out about something halfway or three quarters of the way through yeah, and you have to piece it together. Yeah. I, I, I was really lucky to find it early on. Yeah. Wow. And so when you did, you, you connected with them, did they, were they uh, super uh, uh, inspired to go ahead and say, yeah, let's do this. Was there some reticence um, mm -hmm. questions? There's a mix of both. Yeah, I mean, a big part of, of uh, especially observational doc filmmaking is is being able to gain trust with yeah. the people that you're filming. And so um, a lot of times, especially early on, I would go to the church without a camera and, mm -hmm. and just talk to people and, mm -hmm. you know, just without an agenda, just kind of telling them my intentions of what I'd like to do with the film. Yeah. And um, I think early on, uh, Reverend Combs and the artist Christopher Holt we're, we're pretty much on board. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, we're, we'll do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, convincing the subjects, the, the models who were actually yeah. depicted in the fresco, uh -huh. you know, that took a little bit more convincing. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to think there's, there are 30 people who are depicted in the actual mural. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking a 20 foot by 10 foot tall, large scale mural. The mm -hmm. film features about 11 of them. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that's just the constraints of you can't put 30 people into one film, you know, um, but part of it, it, you know, is some people weren't, weren't comfortable with being on camera. Mm -hmm. Some people were never comfortable being in the fresco too. Like there yeah, were a lot of people, so they were kind of getting it from, you know, they were hearing it from the artists, they're hearing it from me. Yeah. And so I was just trying to be, um, you know, respectful about what, what people were open to. Um, but then, you know, you hang around long enough. I mean, I'm there for years Mm -hmm. Certain people open up and it, you know, they're, they're like, all right, he, he's been, he's put in his time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it worked out for the, for the most part. That's interesting. It, it reminds me of the way that, uh, if I could just say this, growing up in rural Maine, a yeah. lot of poverty from where I lived in Downey, Spain, and of course, a lot of tourism too. So it's not unlike Asheville in a different way. Mahaba, um, Maine, that whole area. Mm. Um, and, and sometimes people grow up being a native there, you, you feel like you're a curio on a cabinet or on a shelf, like a trinket instead mm -hmm. of, so when people come in from the outside, there's this, there's this gulf. And mm -hmm. so there's the humor that we uh, good naturedly poke quite a tourism yeah, and yeah. on the clam flats. They don't know anything, you know, with yeah. a plunger to suck a clam up out of the, but I, I wonder if that's part of, and how you handle that and, how, how you respected the people uh, that struggle with their brokenness and that live in a town that's very touristed and yet you don't really know me. Uh, much Many of the people who come to our, our city or town uh, is for the food, the things to do, but we live a life here. Yeah. So bridging yeah. that gap, working through that must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I think I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, um, Asheville is a really expensive town, mm. you know, because of the tourism and then it's become a you know a, a really popular place for people to have second homes if they're mm -hmm. living in charlotte or knoxville or wherever um and so i, I feel like uh, and it's probably the same in in, in many towns in, in maine where the cost of living inflates with the people who are throwing all this money to it 
mm-hmm. in like any place, the people right. on the margins just get pushed more and more to the margins. And so, you know, the film evolved um, from some early cuts, you know, obviously to what it is now, the final piece. But one of the, the one of the last storylines that I put in there is kind of the Asheville storyline. Mm-hmm. So you have the process of making the art, you have the theology of Haywood Street, mm-hmm. um, but then you get a lot of these little glimpses about a lot of the, the homeless problem that Asheville has, like a ton of municipalities. Right. And I added that in there because yeah. I did feel like it was needed to kind of provide some context as to what, you know, what this town's about. So mm-hmm. many people, like you said, you've heard of Asheville because of the restaurants and the breweries right. and everything else. Um, and yeah, there's good, you know, there's good reason for that. Asheville is a great, a great town. Um, but you have to think that on the other side of that are people who, you know, can barely afford to survive. They can't afford at all. And it's, I guess the film is, is if, 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 if it's doing anything at the bare minimum, mm-hmm. it's hopefully shining a light on, on that segment of society that never has a light shown on them. Yeah, it really sh- sh- shining a light on a congregation that's shining a light yeah, right. Problem. That's that's why I said box within a box. Yeah, it's right. It's already going good, but the boldness with which Pastor Brian has has mm. I'm not sure how long he's he's been there, but to to persevere through that and the team that he has mm-hmm. there at the church working with him with that same vision. Yeah, Christopher Holt coming in on that and you filming it. I I just think it was a beautiful team effort. Uh, but you do think of the larger picture of the thought about balance. How how do we balance the, the the tourism, the beauty of a place like Asheville, like a place like Down East Maine on the coast or wherever mm-hmm. it may be, yeah. um, with the the economy that you gotta live, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's always been that, you know, catch 22. So yeah. I think you did and that I, very well with the okay. new classes coming in. They, it, they weren't like, oh wow, that stuck out. It 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 really flowed. Which oh, is good. difficult to do, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, like I said, there were a lot of iterations. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will say that, um, you know, one thing the documentary doesn't do, and sometimes it bothers people, to be honest, is that it doesn't give an answer. It's not saying, right. hey, this is the solution. For yeah. one thing, this is a really difficult problem, you so know, that, yeah. that uh, many places, every place is dealing with it at some level, mm-hmm. and there's not an easy solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of it is that it is a little bit more of a meditative experience. I mean, at least that was my hope in making it was that yeah. you had to kind of sit maybe a little bit with your discomfort and yeah. think about, you know, your preconceived notions, your judgments. Um, that's kind of the goal more than having like, yeah. you know, these are the 10 steps mm-hmm. that you need to take. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't really go that place. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because. I was actually writing the word judgment down when you said it. I mean, and that's, I guess, what started causing me to shed a few tears. It's like hearing these individuals share their stories and up close and personal, however difficult it may have been for them to do that. And I'm sure it was for most, if not all of them, to some degree, a level. Uh, And then that disarms you as an observer. We become observer, like you say you were, as Mm -hmm. a documentarian and you're forced to deal with your own judgments and um, and they without uh, an exception it seems like they all uh, dealt with that question or that stereotype that we all have had uh, about the homeless yeah and um, even they admitted I think it was the African-American lady admitted she you know what is the face of homelessness and Mm -hmm. and uh, I was once there so 
Yeah. yeah. Powerful yeah. subject. And, and, and then again, going back to the news piece, uh, the money uh, that municipalities and people poured in has mm -hmm. not seemed to help. But what Brian does there at Haywood Community Church is such a shining exception, an example of what? Because these people have dignity. You can hear yeah. it in their voice. And, and then when they see the pictures in the museum mm. uh, at the end, and they're just shaking their heads like, wow, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that scene, too, I mean, I just feel, um, you know, as a filmmaker, that scene was just magical, truly, to yeah. be there. Yeah. I mean... I, I think it also speaks to the power of art and it speaks to the power of, of being able to let people see themselves in a way that they've never been able to see themselves, however that might be, you know, that that could be because of shame, that could be, because, I mean, who knows all the reasons, but that, that part in that scene, um, you know, bringing all the models to the museum to see themselves framed on the walls of this, you know, world-class museum, that, that is, um, it's just a really, uh, I, you know, I feel really, fortunate uh, to be able to well, capture that. I'll have to coin an old phrase, WWJD, what would Jesus do? This is what he would do. Sure, he would sure, value sure. people in the way that you, Christopher Holt and Brian and the, the crew there have done. And, and to give that back to them where they've lost it through such a mixture of variety of circumstances. But the young, I say young man, I, I think of the story, but who was so incredibly abused. Oh yeah, wow. Jerry. That just yeah, Jerry. tore my heart away. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's over there doing her schoolwork and she had to stop for a moment. And, uh, but uh, one of the questions I did want to ask you, with three years, uh, yeah. Three, yeah. you must've had a lot of edits that you had to, <laughs> how difficult must that be? Because I write and I'm like, uh, that it's been the hardest thing for me in my writing is, throwing stuff out that doesn't belong. I'm getting better, but at first I wasn't real good at that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had to listen to my teachers and remember that not everything belongs. When you make that decision and you've already had success, mm. but still with a subject like this that really was close and up, close and personal with you, I'm sure. How did you, what were the criteria that, that maybe you developed along the way? Say this, this can stay, this, goes mm -hmm. well you know and another thing too i should mention um you know we we talked about that mm. um that final that final scene in the museum which yeah, yeah. is the last scene in the film and it also was the last scene that i filmed mm. which isn't usually the case you know that oh. but that was actually the last thing that i filmed that was march 5th 2020 uh-huh so about four days later everything changed you know and and we were i couldn't you know we were locked down everybody was at least for a period and so the editing was especially it always feels like you're in a vacuum when you're editing i don't know if you feel this way when you write but like you get yeah. in your own head and you're yeah, just oh yeah. you're, you're you're literally dreaming about it you know uh -huh. I, I i dream with the the timeline in my mind and what the edits i want to make um it felt especially amplified because of just what was happening in the world at that point and so um yeah, it was. It, it was. But one thing I, I always try to do um, is I have a few people that I've worked with before, um, one of whom is uh, the reason I was in Grand Rapids, uh, mm -hmm. but he, he's an editor. And we do a lot of, you know, talking through what we're trying to accomplish with our edits, mm -hmm. um, showing cuts when when they're ready 
so that you get enough feedback, but not too much. I mean, I know people who show everybody and their brother a cut when it's not ready for that. Mm. For me, it's more about talking about intentionality. Okay. Like, what is it that I'm trying to get across with this? Mm. Um, why do I think this scene should be here? Why should this scene be in the film? Mm. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot that's done on paper before I ever actually oh, I'm sure. yeah. use the computer. I mean, my my office downstairs. I'm upstairs now, so this looks a lot cleaner. <laughs> but it looks like the scene from uh, A Beautiful Mind. I mean, there's yeah. sticky notes and string and everything. Yes. Right. Um, but so there, there's a lot of that to kind of wrap my head around it. Uh -huh. But then once I feel I got it to a place where I I think that you know, some of the basic messaging that I want to get across is coming across. Mm -hmm. I do try to show uh, different groups of people, different cuts, uh, including in that group are people, you know, affiliated with the Haywood Street uh, okay. church. I mean, I wanted yeah. Brian to see an earlier cut to make sure that he felt that I was addressing things accurately. You know, I didn't want to misrepresent them. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that is kind of like, you know, you're almost doing... Um, you know, testing groups, test groups, where you're hearing feedback, writing things down, trying to see trends, mm -hmm. you know, who, what's working, what isn't working, uh, what's confusing, you know, things yeah. like that. And so, um, but you have about a, at least for me, you had a six, seven month period where I'm just pretty much in my own head, mm -hmm. trying to work within myself of, of what am I trying to get across here in this specific, you know, scene. So I imagine that you're not only doing that to continue to build relationships with your subjects, as you intimated, mm -hmm. but also maybe sometimes to confirm the suspicions that you had about whether something belonged or didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sure nine times out of 10, I don't know what the percentage is through the years for you with your subjects, but I was like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I knew that didn't belong or that did. Or maybe yeah. there are some surprises sometimes that maybe you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I should reconsider. Have, has that ever happened where a cut suddenly got put back in? Oh, yeah, that actually in this case that yeah, for sure that happened this time. I mean, uh -huh. there's a scene where you're at a, um, a home fundraiser. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember that scene. Yeah, there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was in some of the really early cuts and then it was out yeah. for months. Yeah. I mean, I, I see why you might have but glad. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> yeah because the, 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 the speech that Brian gives at the very end of that fundraiser mm -hmm. is really powerful. Yeah. And so, but that was an example to your point of, of, mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't in there for months. And then I got a lot of questions about the money and I didn't really want it to be focused on the money, but yeah. that's a, that's a real thing that you have to discuss, mm -hmm. you know, and it talks about in the film, they had to raise money through private fundraisers. And so I went back to that scene and I discovered after having edited again for months and months to get to that point that it did actually fit in. And so, yeah, it's like a, it's like a really challenging yet fulfilling puzzle that when oh, you feel it works out you know yeah. is a good feeling yeah. but i i will say that sometimes it's tough for those puzzles to work out without bringing in other people to help you uh, yeah. because it is sure. it is difficult yeah. it's really a team effort and yeah. in the end of course as you roll the credits of all the yeah. different people that have helped you with that it reminded me of of that very last day and was was it a special day for christopher the artist his birthday his birthday was yeah, yeah. very interesting. There's a lot of neat things like that happening. Yeah. He's signing his name, and I don't want to give a whole lot away. I don't think we have. It's been good uh, because we want people to watch it and, and get yeah. the press, uh, experience of watching it. But where he just wraps it up, and you you feel with him vicariously, they're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, the relief. <laughs> yeah, and did you feel that way when you were done filming? I yeah, I did because, yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, I did. Because wow. I really wanted to capture the whole 
mm. process. And so yeah. I felt relief because I knew when he literally had that last brush stroke. Yeah. Oh, okay. I captured it. Um, and so, no, I did feel some relief. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I sense too that what, as we're talking about edits and getting people involved in the whole process that uh, it seems like, and maybe I'm making a generalization here, but with documentarians, there's there's uh, organic, uh, natural, maybe humility that maybe you wouldn't find in other filmmakers that because they're so involved with their subject that it's just refreshing. Um, mm. Instead of the arrogant Hollywood mentality that maybe sometimes <laughs> yeah. is off-putting to some of us, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Yeah, awards. <laughs> no, I, I like to tell people, um, no, I, that's not, I'm not like that. And part of it is I, I kind of stumbled into this career you know, mm -hmm. I never in my mind thought I'm going to be a director or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, yeah. I was a, a writer and I kind of, you know, this is for me an extension of storytelling. And so, mm -hmm. but one thing I will say that I tell people is, you know, if you read a book, uh, every word in that book was um, deliberate. Mm -hmm. You know, your author is writing what they want to write. Sure. One of the, one of the um, magical things with documentaries is that I, I can stumble into gold and it, it maybe has nothing to do with me it could be a very very well could be a right place right time sure. type of thing and and i you know in those moments i just feel fortunate to press the record button and make sure that i keep recording and so yeah. in that sense it's a little bit it should be at least a fairly humbling experience mm -hmm. that i i feel yeah. honored to just be the conduit of some of these stories and some of these experiences yeah. When people start getting an ego about it, I think, yeah. at least with documentaries, let me say yeah. this, yeah. I think that they forget the luck that goes into it Yeah, a lot of times. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're feeling that vicariously, if I could say that, we're to get with you in that. And we're all sort of like, yeah, we're all feeling kind of blessed here. This is really yeah. cool. <laughs> and, and I guess that's why I appreciate it so much. When we had James Tang on, he's like, and then had the privilege of interviewing his dad, the, you know, firsthand mm -hmm. experience with all that went on over there, it's it's really become my go-to. I mean, I, I, we watch films. We love Belfast. My wife oh, yeah. and I, we, we enjoyed Coda. That was incredible. Yeah. And yeah. some of those fictional movies like that do feel like a documentary. It's yeah. Well done as both of them. Uh, I wish they could have been two Academy Awards. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, and so no, what that's your, true. What is your, what, what are you looking at now? You're just taking a break. I am um, taking a little bit of a break, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Th yeah. This process was was um, incredibly gratifying, but also it was it it was it took a lot out of me. Um, yeah. And so I have I am starting to work now on some you know new projects, mm -hmm. really really early days. But my my big focus right now is making sure that this film gets yeah. out there in a way that people could see it and, and yeah. respond to it. And so that's yeah. still my main focus right now. Well, share with our our listeners. Uh, viewers tonight where yeah. they can rent it. I've rented uh, tonight off YouTube, but uh, several platforms. And I think yeah. that PBS had uh, aired it for the first time last month, was it? Yeah, so it had a big PBS screening last month yeah. and it's still airing in PBS markets all over the place. So, Great. but that's a little bit more haphazard. I mean, I'll tell yeah. people right. to check their local listings to yeah. use an old, it's old phrase. Money. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you could rent it like you rent it on YouTube. It's on, yeah. um, Google Play, it's on Apple TV, it's on Amazon. So it's on, yeah, it's on most of the streaming sites um, yeah. now. And if if anybody has trouble finding it, if they just go to our website, uh, theirs is the kingdomfilm.com. We have all the, the streaming platforms lined up there. But right now we're on the big four, which is mm -hmm. Amazon, 
Google, YouTube, and Apple TV. Um, and I think we'll be on Vudu here in the next couple of weeks. So that pretty much is where most people watch their content. So hopefully people can find it if they want to find it. More customized, more personal people. Can yeah, yeah. Are you finding a lot of traction? Is there a way you keep track of that? Or you have yeah, you know, we, we, well, it's, it's hard right now because it takes so long to hear back from those services. They don't give you much in terms of stats and updates, you know, for months down the road. So I'll have a good sense of that this summer. But I will say that I've heard from a number of people, um, you know, on our Instagram page or on just random film reviews that I'll see online that people are responding to it and, and are finding it. And so it's yeah. been really encouraging. That's great. Wow. Well, we, we generally close in a word of prayer, if you, if you don't mind. And, and oh, I yeah, like totally. Yeah. And, and the subject itself. And yeah. that would be a lot of because this is a film that everybody needs to see. I appreciate I, that. I want, I want to give kudos to Callie from Biscuit Media for setting us up with this. Yeah. Uh, because I think we had done another one through her, but uh, these groups that are sort of the middlemen, if I can say that, yeah. promote good things like these kinds of documentaries is it's a blessing to all of us. So yeah, well, thank you. Joining us tonight, no, I appreciate you having me on. I really yes. do. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Uh, what a great time talking to Chris uh, about this film. Lord, I pray that more and more traction would, would come about. And, and again, it's not about promoting uh, his film to just gratify him. This, this man is secure, Lord, in his own self and his art. He loves doing it. But we want to see maybe some changes in our in our world and our society with regard to homelessness and how we see uh, living and and uh, the disconnect that sometimes we have with people's stories and the, the stereotyping. And uh, thank you so much for the connections that Chris was able to make with these people and and this subject in that wonderful church down there in, in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you, Father, for um, this time together. We pray a blessing upon. Chris and his family and friends. And again, thank you for this project. And we pray your blessing on it continued in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on. And I, um, you know, I said it before, I appreciate the, the, uh, the kind words. I really do. So we, I meant them. And we'll, uh, maybe we'll stay, stay in touch with any project. Uh, if people do want to go with, uh, do you have a personal page that they could follow your work? Um, on uh, yeah, I mean, the, the best way to do that would probably be on Instagram. Uh, yeah. What I end up doing is converting my personal Instagram to whatever the film is that I'm working on at the right. time. So, so right now it's, it's theirs is the kingdom. So okay. if you just go Instagram, you know, dot com backslash theirs is the kingdom, maybe in, uh, you know, four or five years, that'll transform to what the next project is. Right. But that's probably the best way to stay in touch. Yeah, I really want to keep up with, with the work, the good work that you're doing, Chris. Thanks again. Thank you. God bless. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye.